Welcome to Pennsylvania in Focus. I'm Kristen Smith, Pennsylvania editor for the Center Square. Joining me today is the Center Square's Pennsylvania reporter, Anthony Hennon. State Capitol is quiet again this week as our budget impasse winds into week four. But the debate about school choice, which is the crux of the problem that makes any budget deal out of reach for now, it rages on. This time, the Senate Education Committee heard from families and district officials about a proposed scholarship program that would pay students in low-performing school districts to attend private schools instead. So, Anthony, tell me, what did the parents have to say about these scholarships? Yeah, so, you know, this took place out in Reading, which Reading School District tends to be, you know, has a very high representation of low-income students, of students who are learning English as a second language. We're also looking at test scores where reading and math proficiency is very low. And so, Parents talking basically argued that this was a way for them to have have a stronger community and basically give their kids a chance they otherwise wouldn't have. One parent, um, Sarah Torres, who uh, lives in Reading with a, her uh, son is in high school, she said, children across the Commonwealth are falling behind. I would like to have an alternative to save my child. Another mother out in Reading, uh, Leanne Thomas, who now sends her son to a private school, said, uh, I send my son to a private school because it makes us feel like a family. It's a smaller community. I hope that you guys are willing to listen to what others have to say and take into consideration what scholarships do for low-income families. I mean, both parents, when they were testifying in front of the uh, Senate committee, emphasized, you know, they're not criticizing the Reading School District. They're not trying to cast aspersions on them, but they would like this choice because they see it as what's right for their families and what's best for their children's futures. So what did the school districts have to say about this? I mean, the school district officials essentially emphasize, you know, just how tricky the position that they're in, where again, you know, Reading School District, more than 95% of the student population is low income, 27% learn English as a second language, over 25% are uh, special education students. Superintendent Jennifer Murray said that we have had many challenges over the last few years, which includes staffing shortages, especially in the teaching field, along with teacher and administrative administrator turnover. Reading remains underfunded. So she was basically arguing that, you know, proper funding, if the school district had more funding, then they would have the resources to pull in more teachers and admins, maintain smaller class sizes, and basically give better instruction that could improve student performance on standardized tests, help them reach proficiency better. Basically, Murray argued that any programs that divert funding from precious public resources and from the needs of the Reading School District students is a disservice to them. So, you know, we, we saw we saw legislators kind of push back against that different points, um, arguing that, you know, with with the low test scores, with the low reading and math proficiency, this is sort of demonstrating that students deserve you know, essentially an opportunity to leave. Whereas um, but most Democratic legislators were arguing, you know, this this is an issue where they don't have the resources to be doing uh, what students need to have. It's interesting that this hearing spoke with running school district officials. I think when people think of school choice, they primarily think of Philadelphia first and most because that's that's the city we hear about when it comes to low performing schools and families who are just trapped in their zip codes and unable to access educational opportunities elsewhere. But as you mentioned, it's certainly far from the only place in the state that has this problem. And so what for more context to the scholarship program that is at the heart of this debate right now, uh, there was a deal on the table to fund it for $100 million. And the way that supporters like to frame that is less than one 
1% of the budget that's on the table right now. We spend over $7 billion on basic education funding alone and more like $13 billion on public education uh, in general. So $100,000 or $100 million for these scholarships does seem comparatively small. But when you are on the, or if you are the understanding that any diversion of taxpayer dollars away from public schools is only going to make problem worse, you can see why there is a fight for every last dollar. So after sitting through this hearing, in a lot of ways, it doesn't sound like you heard anything new as far as what this debate is, but did you get any sense from lawmakers of, you know, where are we at in this? Is there, is this just more like the the sides are becoming more entrenched or is there some more agreement happening? Are we seeing a breaking in the dam here? What's happening? I think it's hard to say. I don't necessarily see some new compromise emerging or at least any signs from this hearing. Uh, but I think it really shows that, you know, th- this is essentially two different philosophies or views on how best to provide education. Um, one side essentially looks at the struggles that public schools have or of uh, underperforming schools have and think the best way to deal with this is to give these students another way out where they can go elsewhere and get a, an education, whereas the other side essentially does not want to change you know, the status quo or how it's set up. They see it as a uh, funding issue of a resource issue and split giving, you know, allowing students to go to other districts or to other private schools does not necessarily solve the problem at hand. So whether there's a big compromise we can find between those two uh, remains to be seen. But I, I think it is, you know, it's emphasizing more and more that there's two distinct approaches here and it's not clear who has the upper hand right now. Listeners can keep up with this story and more at thecentersquare.com. For Anthony Hennon, this is Kristen Smith. Please subscribe and thanks for listening. 